Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Capitol Ale House here in Innsbruck. As you can check me out here on Mondays from 12 to 3 p.m. And, of course, Burger Night is back, 3 p.m. to close. You can get a cheeseburger for just $2.95 or add bacon and beer cheese for $3.95. We just had Rick Valdez on the fan joining us right now. Another Rick, Rick Snyder, Sergeant Snyder in the AWOD Army, joins us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. What's going on, Rick? Oh, not much. It's pretty quiet here in Washington today. So what is the latest with Ben Johnson in, in your view? Is he going to be hired this week as the commander's next head coach? I think someone's going to be hired by the end of the week. I'm not sure it's Ben Johnson. Could be. I mean, here's where I think they really stand. They're, they're doing a couple interviews today, the Baltimore guys, Anthony yep. Weaver and Mike McDonald. And then uh, they're going to meet with Dan Quinn again, who they've met. Uh, and then they're going to be in Detroit, and they're going to be talking to Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn tomorrow. Nice when you're rich, have your own plane. So <laughs> here's who I think wins. I, I think they're all still in play. And I think it's whoever commands the room that will get this job. It's not about X's and O's. Everybody knows all this stuff. It's about who can go in there and be the man, you know, yeah. and be the lion unleashed. That's the key. I've seen this happen a few times in the NFL. Like Mike Tomlin, last man interviewed by the Steelers. They were going to go with Russ Grimm. Tomlin went in there and grabbed that job, and, and he's done a great job ever since. But he took yeah. it, you know. And there's guys like that. When, when um, uh, Sean McVay went to L.A., people said, oh, he's too young. And I thought, no, no, I know this kid. He got that job because he was so overwhelming. Even a guy like Buddy Ryan from years ago, he was <laughs> so, so full of bluster. But he, you know, he's there, and he goes, you get me, you get a winner in town. And he had, no, it didn't work out. But, you know, Buddy was never short on confidence. That's yeah. the guy that's going to win this job. I think you're right that that Ben Johnson could be hired, but he has to go and take that job, and unleash the lion, like you said, to get Detroit's offensive coordinator. I love how they're doing all these interviews. They're going about the process the right way. Uh, I do agree. Ben Johnson should get the job, but he's got to take it. He's got to go out there and convince him he's the man to lead the future of the commanders. Uh, there hasn't been much talk as of late about who the defensive coordinator will be. And you know, Let me ask you this question because Michael Phillips believes that the next head coach will make the decision about the defensive coordinator. I want Adam Peters to be involved in the D.C. coordinator talk. You know, Bob Myers, Spielman. Like, I want all that advisory board to be involved in the D.C. hire, not just who he hires the head coach bringing his guy. No, no. The coach gets the pick. If he's wrong, okay. he'll, get, he'll get fired too. But this right. ain't a committee. You, a right, but that's coach. the thing, though, is that if you fail with your defensive coordinator, are you going to give the head coach another chance to hire another guy? Are you going to also tell him he can't hire the guy he wants and force somebody on him? Yeah. No. You have yeah. to let him – if you trust him enough to be your head coach, then you trust him to pick his staff. Now, if it don't work out even after a year, the GM can go to him and go, dude, this ain't working. But you have to give him that first chance to do his own staff, whomever it is. You can't pick other parts of the staff for him you know, because he's got to live and die with these guys, so he gets the choice. I would never take right. the job if you don't let me pick who I want. Yeah, no, but at the same time, Rick, I mean, that's that's the problem in this league is some guy gets hired and then they bring all their friends with him. And that's why a lot of people don't get an opportunity. Well, okay, I guess there's, there is truth to that. And there's also, 
some nepotism that's really grown in the league too of I got a son that's going to coach this. It, you yeah. know, it's become a family business. Right, uh, right. On there. That, that's surprising too. But, you know, the new coach, not only does he have to lead this team, he has to be a presence in this city. He has to grab the whole town and move yeah. them forward because you got a stadium coming at time and you got to want to have people to buy tickets. He's got to do that. And they've had very few people like that. And it's very few head coaches can really do that. I mean, if we look back on it, North Turner was certainly the right choice as a coordinator to become a head coach here, but he was not a leader of men. It took him about five years to really learn that. You know, Spurrier was a joke. Zorn was a joke. Mm-hmm. Shanahan was so narcissistic, he lost his own locker room. Marty Schottenheimer had a good presence in the locker room, but failed as a public kind of leader. That was a 9-11 situation that he retreated from. I mean, so it's, it's rare. You get Gibbs. Gibbs lifted up people. Did a great job like that. He's the only guy that I would say really did that in the last 30 years. Do you have any idea who Ben Johnson might like to bring in as a defensive coordinator? My my home run would be somehow convincing Mike Vrabel to become D.C. I think he'll probably sit out a year and then eventually be a, a head coach again. But that like that's the kind of leader that I think would be perfect as a defense coordinator. I have given it zero thought. <laughs> I'll yeah. tell you the truth. Because yeah. I'm worried – because I, I can't play roto ball with coaches like that. I mean, I guess you got to kill four hours, but I don't. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that's why I don't even think about those kind of things. Um, you know, it's just whoever he takes, you know, take them now. Then we'll judge him after he picks one. But we can't sit there and, and this isn't a, you know, a pick menu of, okay, I'll take this and I'll take that. It, you're all in on one guy. And then we'll see who but he takes. Yeah, but it is a pick menu with the number two overall pick for the Washington Commanders. Uh, Rick, have you changed your mind at all about who you'd like Washington to draft a quarterback? I'm not saying they should draft a quarterback there. You know, you're going to hate me after the show. I'm not coming on forever. <laughs> but, uh, but here's the thing. At number two, I'm not into Caleb Williams' business, I can tell you that. Yeah, so, yeah I've heard sure. that before. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are going to be interesting. The Senior Bowl is this week. You know, Penix is going to play in it. you got the Combine coming in about three weeks or so. Those kind of things are going to move these quarterbacks up and down, and then we can kind of get a feeling of who do we really, really think is it. I don't see a generational quarterback in this group, but if I'm the commanders, I pretend there is one, and I sell it to somebody down the road, and I go get more picks, and I get more in this team because – this team does not have anywhere on it that you can't upgrade. But you can live with Sam Howell. I think Howell was not utilized enough and he was beat up too much and all kinds of things. Sam Howell can still be your quarterback even for a year if you want. And I would take that pick and pedal it you know, as hard as you can, and we'll see what kind of magic Adam Peters has as a GM. Rick Snyder with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Follow him on social media at Snyder underscore remarks. Read his work, bigbadrick.wordpress.com. Also a columnist for 106.7 The Fan. So, Rick, what have you heard about the interview schedule over the next few days here for the Commanders? Well, they're doing the two Baltimore guys today, uh, McDonald and Weaver, and then they're going to Detroit tomorrow. Uh, I, I think Quinn might be tonight too, but I'm not positive on Quinn. Uh, and then they're going to Detroit, and they have two guys there. Uh, yeah. You know, Glenn, Aaron Glenn and Ben Johnson. So uh, by Tuesday night, they should pretty much have run through everything. And on Wednesday, they can, by Wednesday, they should figure out who they want. Then you got to work a contract. I don't know what kind of 
you know, pay, you know, Dan Snyder would throw whatever money he wanted to people. I don't know about, you know, Josh Harris. You've you got to work out a contract. Maybe you're going to be a cheap SFB. Maybe Seattle's going to come steal your guy, you know, right. that you want. That's still in play, too. They're still looking for a quarterback. So those kind of things can still make a difference. And that's why I'm thinking it's Wednesday to Thursday that we hear who they signed and then maybe a pressure on Friday. Hmm. That'd be awesome. Press conference Friday. And if we hear the announcement, we will carry it live right here on 910 The Fan. Rick, thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. All right. See you. Yep. That's Rick Snyder. Follow him on social media at Snyder underscore remarks. I'm at AWAD Radio, A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Richmond. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Capitol Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. The Burger Night that started it all is back and better than ever. Burger Night returns to Capitol Ale House every Monday from 3 p.m. to close. You can get a quarter-pound smashed and seared burger or cheeseburger for just $2.95. Upgrade to bacon and blue cheese or bacon and beer cheese for $3.95. Backed by popular demand, Richmond's original burger night back at Capitol Ale House every Monday from 3 p.m. to close. I'm here at Innsbruck broadcasting live until 3 p.m. And Hawkeye had been missing in action since January 1st, 2023. That, of course, the MCU star is Jeremy Renner. And, Stubb, how do you kind of describe the accident that that he was in? It was like a, a snowmobile ran him over, right? Yeah, he was trying to, like, help someone that fell over, I believe, in a snowmobile. Yeah. And then it, like, tipped over onto his leg. Was, I and, and like crushed like his entire body. Uh, and there was a, a social media post later in January where people saw him in the hospital and it looked like, man, he might never act again. Well, he is back on the mayor of Kingston. And uh, he, he did say that his return to work, he admitted, came with some jitters. Um, but it is cool to see him back. I, he's one of my favorite actors. I didn't realize that it had been that long. It had, so it's been over a year since he's acted in any movies or TV shows. Yeah, just just barely over a year. Which, I mean, I guess there was a strike, so there wasn't much acting to be done. Oh, but. that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but Jeremy Renner makes his return. That is the lead story here on Netflix. Netflix. The best of streaming services, TV, movies, books, podcasts, and more. We've got you covered on Netflix. While we're on Jeremy Renner, I do have to say The Town is one of my favorite heist movies of all time. The Hurt Locker is my favorite military movie of all time. And I thought Matt Damon was good in The Bourne, and then Jeremy Renner was just as good in The Bourne Legacy. I, he's one of my favorite actors, man. Yeah, I mean, I Arrival, him. one of the better yep. sci-fi movies. He's in the Mission Impossible movies, or, or two of them. Great in those. Right. How Jeremy. about when? How about in Avengers when you know the snap happens and his family disappears, and he's looking around like he can't find his wife or kids? He's, he's such a good actor. He's, he's now so 53 years old. Are you aware of the Jeremy Renner app? No. What is the so, Jeremy Renner app? So about a decade <laughs> ago or so, Jeremy Renner made a social media platform on which only he could post, but others <laughs> could join and comment, and he would give okay. just kind of life updates. And uh-huh. so this was mostly attractive to like middle-aged women that uh, had the hots <laughs> for Jeremy, Jeremy Renner. Renner. And yeah. what would happen is people started, because there was no verification or like check marks like Twitter, people would start making fake Jeremy Renner accounts. 
and confusing all of the uh, older women using the site, and it got so bad they had to shut it down. Yeah. No, I, I get it, though. He's, he's a good-looking guy, and he's a great actor. It's a really I'm, funny. Consider me a big fan. Uh, let's get to the uh, weekend box office results. Another guy I'm a big fan of, Jason Statham. I mean, that's one of my favorite actors of all time. Of course, I loved him in Transporter 1, 2, and 3. Uh, he was really good in, oh, what was that movie that he was in with Matt Damon? Oh, man, it's not an Oceans movie. I'm forgetting what it well, is. I love uh, him in Crank. That's one of oh, my favorites Crank, from him. I Crank love is that really movie. good. That that is a weird movie. Doesn't yeah. he like have to like uh, he has to put his, adrenaline into yes, his body he has or to, something? Or like, he doesn't have to put it. He just has to keep his adrenaline to a high enough level, or he'll die. Yeah, yeah. Great movie. That's a that's a really good movie. So of course he starred in the new movie, The Beekeeper. That took the top spot, the North American box office, making seven point four million over the weekend, just ahead of Mean Girls, and Wonka was third. It is basically without competition. A new movie hasn't been released in theaters in like two weeks. Okay. Uh, so it's not fighting against a lot. And I didn't bring the But I have heard it's really good. Like, it's just nonstop action. Yeah, I heard it was like just kind of a worse John Wick, which... Oh, really? There, there are better things... There are worse things to be a worse version of than John Wick. I will say, the the plot's pretty original. Not saying it's a good plot, but I've never heard of a, a murderous... <laughs> Beekeeper, beekeeper before. <laughs> well, like, I think, like what? <laughs> I think he both is a beekeeper, and and they call agents beekeepers in this world. Oh. So it's kind of like a double, a double. On but he is a beekeeper. Yeah. And I didn't bring this up. You mentioned Mean Girls is number two. Someone I went to high school with is in that movie. And yeah, I did not know uh, you, that going in. Which it, did you go see it? Yes, I did go see it. I saw right, it and I watched your, it. Give and us your review, Sears Stub. I, so okay, I love Mean Girls, the original movie. Of course, I everyone also does. Love musicals. I am a theater major, in my blood. Uh-oh. This movie was bad in both regards. <laughs> really, it was a, it was just Mean Girls again, but worse. And the music, both <laughs> lyrically and like the instrumentals, were terrible. Oh no! So even if you like this kind of movie, don't. Not my recommendation. Don't go see it. This is this All is right. something that would appeal to me, and even I didn't like it. Well, do you have anything you wanted to recommend here on Netflix? Let's see. I, I started. I'm I'm still on my Oscars grind. I checked out two okay. movies that had nominations, yeah. and uh, I don't really won't recommend either of them. Uh, but I'll bring them up. First was Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Yeah, no, just a disappointment. No, yeah, I, I, yeah. I love. Indy. I started it. I couldn't make it through. Yeah, I finished it out. I love Indy so much, and it was nice seeing Indy there. But it was sad. Hold on, we're getting a call real quick. All right, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. I, I did want to bring up on Netflix, season four of True Detective. Um, they, I think they're three episodes in. It comes out every Sunday. I do like not being able to binge. I know some people are like, oh, I'm going to wait until every episode's available because I want to go back to back to back. I like to, to let it breathe a little bit. You know, watch the episode Sunday or maybe Monday, and then you have all week to discuss it. You know, water cool talk uh, with your coworkers or at the office. Oh, did you see this episode? No, but I'm going to watch it tomorrow, and then everybody can catch up, and we go through it week by week. I love the way HBO does that, um, and I do think that this season is good, but I do not like this you know paranormal activity vibe that they're doing with ghosts um, in Antarctica. That part of it. I'm not the biggest fan of, uh, but I, I'm entertained three episodes in, and uh, it's it's fun. Now, nothing will ever top that first season of True Detective, though, with Matthew McConaughey uh, just being an unbelievable actor in that, and Woody Harrelson, the two combining uh, to solve the, this crazy, thir- crazy 30-year-old uh, murder. But season four is much better than two and three. So I'm enjoying it, and All if right. people haven't checked it out, you can watch the first three episodes 
on HBO Max. Stuff. where are you at with season one? You kind of stopped watching? I, or I what? got another one. I got to episode five. I, I just need to keep. I need to push myself through. I, maybe I, maybe yeah. I'll sit down one day and watch. Do all you three. think that you could solve the murder ap- after episode five? I the 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 thing is is that I think it's one of the leads, and I've thought that since since oh. the first episode. Uh huh. Well, I can that. tell you you're wrong on that, but without <laughs> spoiling, I can tell you that by episode five, you have been introduced to the killer, and that's why the season's so good. Because I, I, I it's it. right in your face, and yet you don't got it, and I don't got it either. Let's go to the phone lines, 833-804-0910. Any new movies or TV shows you recommend, you can give us a call, 833-804-0910. We got our buddy Coach in Richmond. Coach, you're on the fan. What's up, b What? What's going on, man? Hey, hey man, I got one for you, man. On Netflix, uh, they got a new series, six-part limited series, uh, Griselda. Man, that's pretty good, man. I went all in and watched the whole six parts the weekend, man. What is it called again? Griselda. It's about Griselda Blanco. I'm I'm not hip at all. Give me a little bit more. Who is Griselda Blanco? Um, Mafia Queen. They used to call her the Godmother. Uh, Ooh, Bruce okay. Young lady. Uh, yeah, you gotta check that one out. Uh, Mafia based like a gangster movie. Uh, just from a female perspective, where she's the crime boss herself, and she put together her own gang. And oh she's man! Been, Look, uh, yeah, you gotta check I'm that seeing one it. out. Yeah, looks like it's getting some really good ratings and reviews. Stub, have you heard about this? Is it Sofia Vergara as the star? I believe it is. Yeah, yeah, that's my girl from Modern I've not Family. Heard of this. I do yeah, love Sophia. No. Yeah. So, ha- would you compare it to like Narcos, or how would you? What would you compare it to? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Something like Narcos, something kind of like that, but uh, a little more edgy, a little more graphic. Oh, all right, I'm in. A lot more. I'm in. A lot coach. more action. A lot more. Yeah, start off a little slow. Uh, did you Did you catch that one on Netflix uh, called Killer? Yes, I did. No. The oh, stop! With you did. Uh, the the David Fincher movie with um, Michael Fassbender. Yeah, yeah. This kind of start off slow like that with the subtitles and a lot of talking, but once it gets to the acting, it's pretty good. So I have you locked in. All right, stop. What did what rating did you give the killer? Uh, the killer, I think I gave three and a half out of five. Okay. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. yeah, I definitely started that and and stopped about fifteen minutes in. I got to give it give it oh, another yeah, try for him. sure. Yeah, yeah, you got. Coach, I appreciate you calling in, man. Yeah, I no, we will. Later, buddy. Yep, take care. Always appreciate Coach chiming in, especially on Netflix. Stub, did you have anything else you wanted to bring up? Uh, yeah, the other Oscar uh, nom I checked out was in the animation category, and it was called The Mona, and it was also a bit disappointing. Yeah. Uh, it, it had a pretty long uh, history of being tried to be made. Uh, it was supposed to come out like 10, 15 years ago by a studio called Blue Sky that is now no longer in existence. Uh, so I'm happy that it was able to eventually get made. The story's been existing so for so long, but... Uh, it didn't come out great, in my opinion. Is there is there a year that you point to of the best movie for Oscar nominations for Best Picture? Mm. Like, for me, I absolutely point to 2015. Maybe that sticks out because it was my senior year of college, and I remember watching Birdman, Boyhood, Grand Budapest Hotel, Whiplash. Like, I loved that all of those That was the exact year I was going to bring up. Birdman, really? Whiplash, Grand Budapest, yeah. uh, some of my favorite movies of all time. I think Yeah. I think last year had, had a pretty good selection. I, I think... There were a lot to go off of, and I think this year is pretty good as well, but man, what a year. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. What, what was last year's big big movie? Everything Ever All at Once, absolutely, oh, yeah. that was the winner. Top Gun was on there, which was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Tar, 
I loved Banshees of Anisha, and I loved Fablemans. I loved, so uh, it was definitely a good year. Yeah, no, Fablemans w- was probably my favorite of last year. If you want to chime in, it's 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Stubb, you think I should check out Tar? I never saw Oh, I Tar. love Tar. Tar, Tar really? I think Kate Blanchett uh, was my pick for best actress off of that movie. It's slow. It's slow. It's talky. I don't know how much you love those kinds of movies. I yeah. think it's fantastic, though. Just, oh, I'm going to check it out. I think you can, you can now watch it for free on, with a subscription to Amazon Prime. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll talk a little VC hoops coming up next. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for... Ram Nation. Every VCU basketball game can be heard right here on 910 The Fan. Now at 105-1 FM as senior guard Max Scholga scored a team high 18 points, including a late go-ahead three-pointer as VCU came from behind to defeat Davidson 63-58. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, the founder of VCU Ram Nation, Matt Shelton Ide. What's going on, Matt? Adam, what's good, my man? Happy Monday. Uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, you know, so pumped for that win. I, I was so nervous on Saturday, especially with that nine-point lead late in the second half. And then VCU just locked down defensively. Yeah, and I tell you, I mean, weirdly, that's kind of been an, our calling card, getting back to sort of the VCU of old after, you know, giving up 80-some points in our first two conference games to really lock down on D. And every game of this five-game winning streak is really how we've gotten it done, so... Davidson is one of those places where just weird things happen, and so I think we needed every bit of that defensive effort. So, felt good. Yeah, I mean, it's you know they're they're a tough team to face. The way they run their offense, it's so efficient. They're going to make you break down every once in a while. They're going to get a few layups and dunks where it pisses you off because it felt like you played twenty five seconds of good defense. But man, the Rams locked in defensively down the stretch, and Coach Odom talked about it after the game he felt that they were switching better and that they were reading screens better and that's exactly what I noticed and they also weren't letting you know uh what's his name Huffman get all the way to the paint and finish around the basket with layups but I think the lead has to be the critical free throws down the stretch and Toby Lawall provided five of them that was huge Uh, you know yeah like you said we you know we got out to a bit of a lead and then you, you just knew it would come down to free throws. Thankfully, we were shooting, you know, two shots instead of higher pressure one-on-one situations. But I think Toby was, what, perfect, close to perfect from the line that game, and he hit the big ones that mattered. It was yeah. super impressive. And the, the broadcast showed a stat of just how good VCU has been in crunch time free throws, and it was really impressive. So, I mean, we needed, we needed pretty much all of those late there against Davidson. Yeah, the Rams hit 17 of 21 on the game, scored 36 in the second half to come from behind and win 63-58. to 58. I would also say the Rams don't win that game uh, but for without the, the second-half performance of Zeb Jackson. Came back from back spasms off the bench, had that critical steal and layup, and uh, it was just good to have our point guard back and our leader. Right, and it's just death. You know, it's, it's, we've got different guys that give you different ways to win. And I think Zeb is kind of a – he's definitely a kind of a Mike Rhodes type of player. Um, gets in your face, really defends, plays really hard. And against Davidson, he also gave us really efficient offense too. So it was definitely great to have him back in that one. 
Yeah, you mentioned Mike Rhodes. Last year, his VCU team became Road Warriors. Well, they, it has kind of uh, stayed even though he left. Now 11 straight true road games uh, dating back to last season. 3-0 in true road contest this season. Uh, they're in the A-10. You know, Mason's not a tough place to win. Uh, LaSalle's a tough place to win. And then you do it at Davidson. I, I just love how they're coming together as a team here on the road. For sure. And, I mean, that Davidson team, you know, they've got a win against Maryland. They almost beat a good Clemson team. George Mason now is a, is a top 100 team under Tony Scan, something that feels like they haven't been in a while. So these are, this, is a, this is a much more competitive Atlantic 10, and really that's how you stay or you get to the top is you've got to win road games. Um, and so yeah. it's, it's definitely a good sign to see that we're playing defense and we're winning on the road, and those are just two signs of a tough team. Matt Shelton-Eyed with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, founder of VCU Ram Nation. Another thing that sticks out from the box score over the last, uh, what, four or five games during this week, uh, win streak is the bench points. And a lot of that has been Joe Bamisil, but that wasn't really the case against Davidson. He only had eight, but the team had 30 bench points as a whole. Lawal with 13, a Zeb off the bench. And so just be, to be able to get that much production from your bench unit is so important, as you mentioned, in this A-10, where it is a lot tougher. The bottom half of the league is much improved. Yeah, and I think, you know, there have been times this year toward the end of the games when we're up big and you, you look at the lineup on the floor and you're like, hey, when are we going to bring in the bench? But you're like, wait, that guy was on the bench. You know, Jason yeah. Nelson didn't start. Bamisil didn't start. Toby didn't start. And, you know, it's, it's a credit to the job that Coach Odom and his staff did, losing so many players with Rhodes uh, taking the job at Penn State and then graduation just transfers to not only build a competitive Atlantic 10 roster, but just one as deep as they were able to put together in such a short amount of time. And maybe the, the, porter, the portal and the immediate transferability obviously help with that. But, yeah, they, just, they, did, a, they did a nice job in the offseason. And VCU will continue its road swing at St. Bonaventure on Tuesday. Of course, the Bonnies came to the Seagull Center and gave the Rams their first home opener loss in A-10 conference play since we joined the conference. So it's certainly going to be a, a revenge game for the Rams. Uh, two things they need to focus on. Number one, stopping St. Bonaventure from uh, hitting open threes. And number two, Chad Venning is a monster down low. Right. And of those two, Venning is, is really what scares me the most. I mean, they hit, they've shot over 50% from three in their last game. And they are a good three-point shooting team on the season, but that's a little bit less reliable than just Venning. And I think Venning kind of represents the type of players that have given us the most trouble. And that's a classic big that can just really back you down on the paint. So, I mean, he completely dominated us in the last contest. And so I, I'm curious to see how we address that and just how much we've improved on defending guys like that when we play them and play them in a really tough uh, environment up there in Olean. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. You can check out the Black Gold Fan Podcast, new episodes available weekly, talking all things uh, VCU hoops, and also follow VCU Ram Nation on social media and VCURamNation.com. Uh, what kind of good stuff do you guys offer VCU fans before and after games? Well, you know, we've been doing this for a while, uh, so we, we kind of gotten into our groove and what we do, but mostly we write game previews. We try to do some video highlights and video interviews. We've got our guy, Ed Nixon, who was obviously on VCU's Final Four team. He, he usually will put out a video 
after every game with his thoughts, and it's really interesting to watch because obviously he just knows hoops a lot better than you know other podcasters. So you know, just just trying to have fun with it and provide some some content for Ram Nation. Absolutely, and while we're at that, we we did want to mention the very sad news with Ram Nation this week uh, with the passing of Debbie Owens and then, of course, uh, RVA Mooch, who I follow on social media, and I loved his uh, videos that he did. Just really devastating news for this community. Yeah, it was a tough week for Ram Nation on that, and just, you know, there's just a lot of great people, and it was another one of those reminders to, you know, hug your family and really appreciate your friends while they're here because you never know. I mean, especially Mooch, that was just such a shock. Um, so you never know how much time you're going to get with these people. So enjoy it while, while you're together. Yeah, no, I, I love the community that we have. And, and, you know, both those people felt like I was friends with them just by uh, going back and forth on Twitter and supporting VCU basketball. Matt, thanks so much for the time, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Adam. Yep. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Capitol Ale House here in Innsbruck for the return of Burger Night. That's Mondays from 3 p.m. to close. You can get a cheeseburger for just $2.95 or add bacon and beer cheese for $3.95. Not going to find a better deal than that around town. And the matchup for the big game is set. It will be the 49ers against the Chiefs, and Steven Ruiz from The Ringer, I love his work, has followed him for a while, talking all things NFL, has his four keys to the big game. What four things will dictate dictate the outcome of the big game in Vegas? He points to number one, Kyle Shanahan's plan to protect Brock Purdy from Steve Spagnola, And, you know, that's something I haven't really thought about here and something that I think is going to be discussed uh, throughout this week and next week when we broadcast live um, from Radio Row for the Bud Light Big Game Week. That is, like, we know the Niners stub have a good defense. We know they're going to want to blitz and get after Patrick Mahomes. But I think we've been sleeping on how good the Chiefs' pass rush can be and how good the Chiefs' defense can be. I mean, the way they held the Ravens is a pretty good example of that. Right. Right. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. I guess Neil Greenberg did because he bet the under. But I thought we were going to be looking at a really high-scoring affair. Uh, number two, he says San Francisco's containment of Patrick Mahomes. That, that's also a big one. So, number one, they've got to protect Brock Purdy from Steve Spagnola blitzing with the Kansas City Chiefs. Number two, they've got to be able to contain Patrick Mahomes. And you know Mahomes is going to come up with this Mahomes magic where he escapes a sack and throws downfield, and he's also sneaky quick the way he gets around the outside. doesn't look like he's even sprinting, but he'll kind of skip forward for the first down. you got to contain the amount of plays where Patrick Mahomes makes something happen, then you're like, wow, we can't stop that. It's going to happen two or three times in the game. You can't let it happen six or seven times, you know? And that feels like an obvious one. Obviously, Mahomes is a star. He's a Hall of Famer. He's he's he is the person that needs to be stopped by the Niners. And I, I think uh, the Niners have a ton of weapons. Where the Chiefs, it's really Mahomes that you got to focus on. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Four keys to the Super Bowl, written by Stephen Ruiz. You can check it out today at the Ringer. What's another interesting one that he brings up that I would not have thought about this, and that is Kansas City's plans for 
defending the 49ers when Kyle Juszczyk is on the field. Now, remember, when we talked about him at the beginning of the, of the show today, I was like, man, Juszczyk had a really good game. Those two catches for 33 yards, I didn't see that coming. And also, as a fullback, he's really good blocking um, to set up Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but it is kind of interesting how the chess match in this game will be how the Chiefs defend and match up personnel-wise against the 49ers when they have Juszczyk in at the fullback position. This game is full of stars, um, but you know Stephen Reese points to how Juszczyk has made an impact this year for the 49ers at the fullback position. He kind of blurs the lines between tight end and fullback because he's really a good blocker, but also if you leave him open, he'll burn you downfield with some catching. Yeah, I... I, so, I I don't know uh, the Niners roster as well as the others, but uh, I, I think I, I, this is talking me in to get excited for this game. I was so bummed out with, uh, with the Lions and the Ravens losing, but, man, they're just, these are just two I, I know you teams. were bummed out because, because those were two teams that you were supporting, but like you, I think you, you know now you're working on the show. You could take a step back and realize, hey, for the sake of the NFL, so for the sake of, sake of football and, and you know viewership around the globe – this is the best two teams in this matchup. I get it. I said last week that Lamar is so good that he needs to be on a national stage, and he is that good. But Patrick Mahomes is better, right? Yeah. I mean, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes is, is this generation's Tom Brady, right? And, and so, yes, we want to see him. And then Christian McCaffrey is like this generation's uh, Barry Sanders or, or, or LaDainian Tomlinson, just how good he is. The fourth key, though, that he points to is not Christian McCaffrey, but the running back on the other side, and that is the Isaiah Pacheco problem. And, uh, you know, he is hungry. He is a <laughs> wrecking ball in foot pads. Uh, I, I love how Steve, uh, Steve Ruiz says he runs like Wiley Coyote running through a painted tunnel. Right? And, and only he actually gets through. I saw um, Isaiah Pacheco said people think he runs like he's hungry, like he's on <laughs> rabies or something. He runs like an animated character. And he is the problem that the 49ers didn't have the last time they lost to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl in 2020 when they lost 31-20. to uh, Chiefs had uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, and Raheem Moster, uh, but they did not have Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco, you know, that's uh, Pacheco won me some money yesterday. So, uh, oh, I'm really? A big fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we haven't been talking about your bets that much. I, I think we need to uh, we need to put it to the light here. I actually had a What's pretty good on? I had a pretty good weekend. I put in really? five and I left with eighty. No way. Yeah. So was what was your biggest of, win? So let's see. I was I won. I put in five and I got thirty seven out of a parlay I made on the first game. Let me get that pulled okay. up. Nice. I, my back. My biggest score was the parlay of Christian McCaffrey two touchdowns and Sam Laporta six plus receptions. And remember, I told you guys I was going to do it. I did it again on FanDuel. You can bet right before the drive's going to happen if Sam <laughs> Laporta will catch a pass, and it's always plus money, and he always comes through. <laughs> as long as the Lions don't don't go three and out, he always catches a pass. That w- that won me uh, fifteen bucks yesterday. Yeah. So I have it pulled up. I, I had a Lamar two hundred passing, Travis Kelsey. Nice. Anytime touchdown, Mahomes 200 nice. passing, Kelsey 5-plus receptions, Pacheco 60-plus yards. Oh, that so was I good. Got, I don't know yeah. if I would have gone in on Pacheco, but I guess you were right. Yeah, the week one. the week before, he was crazy. He's he's really become a, a playmaker in these playoffs, so I was betting on yeah. it again. And I think he got 
well over that 60 if I remember. Oh, no, I think it was close. It was it was really down to the wire. Yeah, I think he, he got actually got me. like 63 yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but he did get you there and, um, you know, got the big win for the Kansas City uh, Chiefs. Um, other thing I wanted to get to here is we're kind of going around the NFL following the big game. Uh, did you see what Harbaugh had to say about his new quarterback? Um, not the Ravens Harbaugh, Michigan's Harbaugh, who won a national title earlier this month, uh, of course, took the Chargers job. Jim Harbaugh told CBS that he talked to some of the team's top players. He talked to Keenan Allen. He's got to make sure that Keenan Allen can stay healthy. Seems to never stay healthy uh, when they need him most for the Chargers. He talked to safety Derwin James. That'll be a big part of the Chargers defense next year. And... He talked to quarterback Justin Herbert, uh, and he said he was a little starstruck after talking to Herbert. Um, I, it's got me kind of fired up for the Chargers next year uh, with Harbaugh. I mean, he's such a good coach. He knows how to get the best out of everyone, and um, he's starstruck by Herbert. I'm starstruck by Herbert. I think Herbert's one of the best quarterbacks in the league that just has not had the postseason success, and I think it's because since he got in the league, it was Anthony Lynn and then Brandon Staley kind of holding his back. His head coach has held him back since he's been in the National Football League. I would be extremely happy if the Chargers managed to win the division next year. Yeah. <laughs> just just see someone else up there for once. Um, yeah. Other news, Mr. Personality, Bill Belichick. Looks like he's going to be a TV analyst now um, because it doesn't seem like he's going to be getting a head coaching gig. And uh, I have heard sources that every network would want to work with him, would want him on air either as a fill-in or as an in-game analyst. And also, Greg Olson's last game calling uh, was this weekend. He'll be replaced in the booth by none other than Tom Brady next year. How cool could that be if you had like a three-man booth of like, let's just say, Al Michaels, all right, all right, mixed with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Yeah, that would, that would be <laughs> That awesome. would be the best that football be analysis awesome. that you could possibly listen to. Yeah, it might be a little week. boring, right? It might be a little boring, uh, but I think you would learn something yeah, new they're not gonna every get, single game. They're not going to get sized, but they they are going right. to know what they're talking about. <laughs> they're definitely not going to get sized, but, they, but they're going to be uh, an encyclopedia of NFL information. I appreciate everybody listening to the show today. Thanks to Stubb running the ones and twos. It's good to be back on the airwaves here from Capital Ale House on a Monday. If you missed any of the show, you can always rewind, download the free Odyssey app, search 910 The Fan, or check out the podcast. We post it every single day at each hour of the show, plus a full best of hour of AWOD radio available on iTunes, Spotify, or the free Odyssey app. We'll be back in studio tomorrow uh, talking all things college hoops. Of course, tonight, a good one. Virginia Tech hosting Duke. I'll be checking that one out and recapping it tomorrow on The Fan. Grant and Danny coming up next.